Imagine a football platform where the world's best writers give you the real story about what's going on at United. Imagine no pop-up ads, no clickbait headlines and no ridiculous rumours to be let down by anymore. You don't have to imagine anymore. Meet The Athletic. No ads, no nonsense, just football. Visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash United We Stand to start your 30-day free trial and get 50% off your annual subscription. The Athletic, the new home of football. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and there's an hour and a half to kick off in Belgrade. It's, it's a really beautiful day in the Serbian capital and it has been since I got here a couple of days ago. I left Old Trafford on Sunday, went to Sheffield on Monday to see Sheffield United beat Arsenal. Then came here via Sarajevo, which is a very interesting city. Uh, Partizan's ground is located in one of the wealthier areas of the capital, very close to Red Stars Stadium, and there's some beautiful housing around this area. We've got a special guest. Hi there, my name is uh, Zoran Miroslavljevic. I'm the Reuters sports correspondent for the Balkans. What does this game mean to people in, in Belgrade, Manchester United, coming here for the first time since 1966? Uh, it's absolutely massive. Uh, for all football fans in uh, Belgrade, in Serbia, and especially for United, uh, fan, uh, for Partizan fans, of course, who will hope for a uh, repetition of 1966 when they uh, beat United 2-1 on aggregate to reach the European Cup final. How would you describe Manchester United's support in Serbia? Uh, it's massive. It's very, very popular. It's uh, one of the most uh, popular international clubs in uh, Serbia, I dare say, uh, neck and neck with... Uh, Liverpool, uh, and uh, there are probably uh, some partisan fans, if not many, who support United as a second club. Uh, actually, uh, Red Star fans, by and large, uh, support Manchester United because of the, uh, the Munich bombs, the 1958 uh, air disaster, when uh, United played uh, against Red Star Belgrade at this very ground and uh, drew 3 all. Um, in the return leg, uh, we all know what happened after that, unfortunately. And uh, ever since then, uh, there's been uh, a very special bond between uh, Manchester United and Red Star fans. Can I ask you about the Nemanjas? What's, what's Mr Vidic's stock like here? Uh, well, he's obviously a hero among uh, Red Star fans, and not so much among partisan fans, for obvious reasons. Uh, well, but you, saying that his dream was to captain Red Star yeah, Belgrade yeah, yeah, and yeah. score against Partizan might be one of the reasons. Which, which we did, which yeah. we did. Uh, yes, he's, he's a legend. He's a legend among uh, Serbian fans. You know, Partizan fans don't dislike him. You know, which is which is rare because uh, the rivalry between uh, Partizan and Red Star is so intense. Uh, other Red Star players are not well liked, but because of uh, village stature and his conduct on and off the pitch, uh, he's. Uh, Earned a glorious reputation among uh, Serbian football fans everywhere. Matic? Nemanja Matic, not so much because uh, he's, uh, you know, uh, in the opinion of many, he's failed to make his mark at United. He had a, he had a good first season, but uh, not a very good second. And obviously he's struggling uh, this term under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And uh, there are rumours circulating that he might be on his way out uh, pretty soon. Uh, so, yeah, he's respected but not adored. What type of atmosphere can we expect tonight? Because I came here four years ago to watch the Derby game and, and it was wild. It was really like there was sustained fighting. 
this this wasn't a little kickoff. This was like a battle going on for 42 minutes. And the the ladder was with was from Liverpool and he said isn't this brilliant isn't this like football should be like it was in the 80s and I said well there's a guy jumping on someone's head over there I'm not really convinced that you're right here but has it, has it calmed in the four years since or is it still I mean that's the derby game I wouldn't expect it to be the same when Partizan play OFK for example uh, it has calmed down a bit uh, there's been uh, less violence less uh, savage fighting uh, the uh, nasty chants and rants are still there, of course, you know, because it's the eternal derby. Uh, as for tonight, we're all hoping for a spectacular atmosphere. Partizan will have fervent support, no doubt, uh, but uh, it shouldn't get out of line. I mean, Savo Milosevic, uh, Partizan's coach, has appealed uh, on Partizan fans twice to refrain from any offensive chants that might land uh, the club in trouble. And the fans should know that they can only shoot themselves and their club in the foot if they, uh, you know... Uh, if they misbehave. Uh, so, yeah, I expect it to be a raucous atmosphere, you know, uh, perhaps a little bit intimidating for some young United players, uh, but uh, I honestly hope there will be no, uh, be no uh, nasty chance and I certainly don't expect any fighting because uh, there's heavy police presence. United fans will be well guarded by, uh, by Serbian police, so uh, everything should be okay on that end. I'm told that if orders come from above, effectively from the state, then the boys will behave themselves, but maybe you can get a few hot-headed 16-year-olds who might not all, all adhere to that. Is that accurate? Uh, I'm not sure about the part uh, about orders coming from the state. I mean, I I, uh, I don't think that's how it works, but uh, as, for the, the, uh, as for the second part, yeah, there's always a remote possibility of 16-year-old hotheads, you know, losing their heads and uh, doing something they shouldn't, hopefully not. Prediction, please, for this evening. Oh God, it's it's uh, it's anybody's game. It could go either way, you know. It could, uh, you know. I mean, Partizan will be really fired up for this. Some English press asked me yesterday if the the Patri domestic league form uh, might play a part. No, forget about their league form. You know, this is uh, this is a different beast. You know, they'll be they'll be up for this one. They'll uh, try to take the game to to United. Uh, come at them, throw everything at them. Uh, if Partizan score first, this place will go mental, you know. So I think United uh, will face a real challenge here. Partizan know that if they win, they'll be on the brink of uh, advancing to the knockout rounds. So uh, it all depends uh, how strong a United uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer feels. You know, if, if he feels a strong, if he uh, if he goes with the strongest teams, then United should win. But if it's uh, a makeshift uh, eleven with some uh, French players, then uh, you never know. It, there's three ultra groups here, is that right? There's three different ultra groups here. Yeah. And they don't all get on, but tonight might they combine to make a joint din, if you like. Uh, I, I, I think they probably will, you know, because uh, this is uh, the biggest game of their lives, not just the players, but the, the fans too. I mean, uh, this generation uh, have not seen a club of United stature in the last, uh, I dare say, uh, decade or maybe two, uh, you know, so... Uh, Yes, I think they will. Uh, they will breathe and uh, chant as one tonight. Uh, I'm pretty sure they will. You know, I don't know what the differences are about. You know, that's uh, you know, fun stuff. Thank you for your time.
Partizan Belgrade nil, Manchester United won. That's the first away win from that since that wonderful night, rainy night in Paris in March. It's not rainy here, it's been quite a beautiful night and day in uh, Belgrade, the capital of Serbia. And I'm with Laurie. Laurie's from The Athletic. Laurie worked well. What did you make of that? Um, yeah, it was a bit of a grind, wasn't it? It wasn't the most... Um, Sort of picturesque of matches, um, but um, he's just coming through here. Actually, Brandon Williams, I thought he was excellent tonight. Um, obviously, won the penalty with a sort of driving run, pretty trademark um, burst of energy that he's got, uh, and he's not going to stop. <laughs> uh, so he's walked through. But um, just get Sergio well, Romero yeah, on. back with Laurie and um, Sergio Romero just just spoken to us, and he's very happy when he's playing matches because it doesn't happen all the time, and he special memories of the Europa League because he won it in 2017 so Laurie more on United tonight yeah uh, I think I was saying that I was really impressed by Brandon Williams um, he's every You've time he's quite a lot about him haven't you well, just, just that one piece on the Athletic um, I've, I've tweeted about him a fair few times I've, I've kind of pushed it quite a bit but just because I think he's uh, he's just brought a lot of energy and excitement to that sort of position um, a lot of aggression and doesn't seem fearful of carrying the ball which is we've not got that many players like that at United so um, again tonight obviously that was a trademark run into the box got the, got the foul um, everything he did was pretty intelligent I thought sharp with the passing um, but yeah uh, overall not a great display but this atmosphere was, was pretty febrile so um, they didn't stop singing so I think away, away win in Belgrade you've got to say job done and Garner as well, you got a game? Yeah, no, I liked I liked the look of him first start, obviously. Um, only 18, box-to-box kind of midfielder, isn't he? Um, nice passing range, um, intelligent with his movement, I think. Um, I th- perhaps in the first half, could have done things a little bit more quickly. Um, but uh, as the game wore on, he sort of got into it. There was a, a nice interception in the first half, actually. It was quite important when Partizan had a break and also a nice t- touch and pass into Lingard in the second half that set United up for a nice mo- nice move. Um, I was, I was a, a pro- pro- promising display for me. You've been covering United now this season for the Athletic. You're a United fan. I'm allowed to say that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, sure, that's fine. I've outed myself with, with my uh, why I joined the Athletic anyway on that one. Yeah, and you're from the northwest, aren't you? Yeah, from Stockport, from so Stockport. Not, not quite Manchester, but close enough. And uh, how are you finding it this season? You've been to every game, you've yeah. done all the matches, you're doing interviews, you've done big interviews with, with, with Neil Wood, with, with Mike Peel, and are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's been great. Um, I've actually really enjoyed the, the... The club have been pretty decent with me in terms of putting people up, obviously Neil Wood, um, for the piece that I'm going to be doing from this game uh, spoken to a few of the younger lads um, including Angel Gomez who was here a couple of years ago to mark the 60th anniversary of Munich um, uh, so that's going to go up tomorrow um, I, I just think it's you know even when the club aren't doing particularly great it's the biggest club in the world for, for news really you know people want to want to hear about it so as a journalist that's a great position to be in the fans quite frustrating when the 14th in the league well yeah exactly I mean I, I went on the Q&A just then I do a Q&A after every match and um, I sort of you know the, the match finished and I thought okay fair enough decent decent result in the end you know not a great performance but equally away to Belgrade difficult atmosphere went on the Q&A and there was slating the, the performance you know the, the sort of formation the, the tactics Oli obviously getting quite a bit of stick but I don't know I, I kind of I kind of came away from it thinking it's not a bad not a bad evening really so what, what do I know I guess <laughs> Ollie's just walking past us now. Do you think Oli Gunnar's the man to lead Manchester United back out of their current predicament? Oh, big question. I, I hope so. I, the only thing is, you can't really base it on uh, past uh, 
experience or past achievements because obviously you know he's been at Mould, he's been at Cardiff. This is a sort of unique situation that he's in. You could obviously argue that Pep Guardiola was in that situation less experienced when he went into Barcelona, but I don't know. It feels different, and the scale of the job that he's got on his hands is is different to what that was. It's a huge job where you know he's got to rebuild. The decisions he's made, you, I, I kind of am very emboldened by. I think they make sense. You know, he's been ruthless when he when he when he's wanted to be, which a manager has to. You know, of United has to be. Um, they've been sensible decisions. Bringing through the youth makes sense as well. I suppose it's just sometimes, and obviously the run that they've been been on for a while now. Uh, the lack of goals and the um, lack of chances really created is is the thing that ultimately will perhaps make the decision for, for people. I mean, obviously there was going to be some short-term game, how lo- short-term pain, sorry, how long can that go on before you get the long-term gain? Although I just think United have been sort of thinking short-term or not really think, thinking at all for, for, for a while. So you have to stick with him, you have to give this a go. Yeah, we, nobody knows that if he's definitely the man, but He's, he's the man sort of in, in possession right now and you have to go with it, I think. Anthony Martial's just walked past us. And that was his first game tonight since August. He, he scored, he's obviously hugely talented. How do you read his situation? Um, yeah, he's clearly one of the best players United have got, technical, uh, te- technique-wise. Um, you could see it tonight, he was twisting and turning into spaces that I don't think other players could do or would even think to do. Um, you just want you just want more from him, don't you? You know, you kind of think, you want to sort of shake him a little bit and go, come on, be, be sort of that ruthless killer. That You know, you've got the number nine shirt back now. Um, I, I was really encouraged by his performances at the start of the season, away at Wolves, great finish, you know, at, at, at home to Chelsea, linking really well with Rashford. So I hope that that was the start of a burgeoning sort of uh, partnership, really. Um, it's just been frustrating how long he's been out. You know, this thigh injury that sort of looked like it wasn't going to take much time, sort of dragged on and dragged on. I wonder, you know, if he could have come back sooner. I don't know for certain, but you, sort of that, that you hear a little bit of that noise, perhaps. Um, so, I, but I, so that totally leads you back to the desire for him to, to, I guess, just seize the moment there. It's all for him, really. He's got the ability. He's got the chance. Um, so I you know, hope that that goal is a really calm penalty, wasn't it? I mean, you, you kind of think when he, when he steps up, you don't really get the sense that he's going to miss. Because, you know, unlike Pogba or, or sort of Rashford at that, that time against Palace, you sort of had, a, had an instinct maybe that they might you know, miss, miss the pen. But he looked so cool in that situation. You mentioned Pogba. Clearly, he's a central figure at the moment in the Manchester United story. Um, I just see his future playing. I don't, well, United obviously would like to sign him to a new contract, I think, um, but I just don't see how we would sign that unless it's crazy money. Um, you know, I guess if they put you know, a significant amount of money down, it's difficult to say no, but then is that the route they want to go down, you know, ideally? Um, I don't know. I, I see that, you know, probably he leaves in the summer. You know, I just think that if he... Um, it seems like he's knuckled down this season, he's not got his move in the summer that he wanted, but... Um, Solskjaer's been good to him he's been good to the club you don't hear any sort of suggestions that he's playing up at all um, he's, just, he's got this ankle injury you know a foot injury it sort of seems to have, have, have turned a little bit um, he's obviously just injured and, and he needs to get back fit but it's not I don't think that's linked to um, any desire to move away um, but I just think ultimately you, you know there's only so long that you can have a player there that wants to leave you know to try and keep him stay it, does, it doesn't make sense to sort of keep that going so I think you know, ideally they get a big sum of money in the summer, a la Ronaldo basically, you know, kept him for an extra season, he does the job and then they let him go um, in the summer, bank a big load of money and just I hope that they've got the players lined up to then replace him. The other player you mentioned was Marcus Rashford. Mm. 
Yeah. I, 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 like, I like Marcus Rashford. I think he does the right things. He's got the right mentality. Um, you saw him tonight trying to break free, um, counter at pace. You know, he, he's, he's up, the desire that he's got is always, always there. Um, I suppose it's just decision-making in the final third. You know, he's, he's still 21, though. You kind of do forget. Although this was, I guess, the breakout season for Ronaldo and Kane. This was the age. So you kind of, again, this is a big season for him in that regard. Um, <laughs> we're just watching Benton only go fast. Um, and with his big smile. <laughs> that was a, was a beaming smile. That was he's, a top, lad. He's, he's happy with the result tonight, at least. Um, Yes, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I like what he does. I just think if, if you're gonna if you're gonna beat up players that have come through the system, clearly have got the club at heart. Then what, what are you in this game for? I think get behind him. He's obviously a talented boy, and he, he's thinking the right way. It's just sometimes he doesn't quite fall from the right way. Sometimes he makes the wrong decisions. Um, but you know, I, I, I really like Marcus Rashford. I think United are a better team with him in definitely. You're talking about fans beating players up. That sends to be more online, doesn't it, than, than yeah. it matches? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, we, you know, tonight obviously United fans were there. They've travelled all this way behind the behind the, behind the boys. Um, Old Trafford as well. It's been been pretty good. The atmosphere really. I mean, that, the singing section has really made a difference. I mean, against Liverpool, they hate being called the singing section. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, what is it? What is it? Um, I just say the Red Collective, Army section. The Red Army section, yeah. right, sorry. It's just that they sing all the just, time. Just, so. just describe here the scene. Yeah, so we're getting some uh, armed guards with uh, perspex shields and, and very heavily armoured walking yeah. past us. We've seen a few of them today, haven't we? But to be fair, there was a guy in the press box that was trying to sort of attack us or, or kind of have some kind of go at us, uh, putting his foot on the desk and very animated, so we wouldn't have minded them to sort of protect us from that he, position. He was a big fucking... He was man. a big lad. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, you, were you, you going to protect us or <laughs> he was going to sort well, us out actually, there? actually <laughs> go at, at Simon Muller yeah. and, uh, I, I, I've got a lot of time for Simon yeah, Simon, Simon uh, has never hid that he's uh, his affinity lies with Manchester City and he just said wouldn't it be ironic if I got filled in as a Manchester City fan at a Manchester United away game but I think Simon would look after himself but not against him well, he's, he's coming down here Simon so he's, he's, he's safe and sound at least just talking about you <laughs> yeah <laughs> Can I just speak to Simon? So Simon Mullock is a writer for the Mirror. Somebody mirror. About the game, please. And has some questions about the game. Just describe what happened in the press box earlier. I was molested, which I think is the right word, by a fucking giant Serbian supporter. He's from Sarajevo, which was a problem. Because uh, he was talking about bombs dropping, so uh, he really? wasn't, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was a, he was a big fucker. He was fucking huge, yeah. I thought he was going to fucking kick shit out of me. The worst part was I could, He stunk, <laughs> yeah. He really fucking... I could smell him before he actually laid his hands on me. But, um, but you're recording this for me? Yeah, this is, this is United where you stand for Oh, is it? I'm sure you listen yeah, to cut it all the, the time. Yeah, cut, cut the dodgy bits out. No, there's, um, there's no dodgy bits. Can I ask you, um, how do you think Manchester City will do this season? Seriously. Um... Oh, they've got some chasing to do, haven't they? Um, they've given themselves a bit of a um, a bit of a task, letting Liverpool get so far ahead early early doors. But United did us a favour last week. We were all we were all Manchester last weekend. So uh, I like it. I, I, this I, is Mark Ogden. Can I, can I add something here? What, what Simon won't cut out of this podcast? That at the end of the game, he, he, we, I spotted a City fan wearing a Mustang Stasic shirt. So Simon found him out, took his picture, didn't you? I did. A yeah. Little badge of honour. Little badge of honour. Yeah. Um, you've never do you supported? You got a City in the seventies and eighties. If you'd have said then what City would become, 
Well, we had a decent team in the seven. You know, I remember us having a really decent team in the seventies, finishing second to Liverpool, and 77, then seventy-seven yeah. won the League Cup, which then was a you know it was an okay trophy. Went to the FA Cup final, um, so we were, we were all right. You know, won the odd derby, um, not so much at Old Trafford, and then obviously we went into the doldrums for twenty years while United were having their most successful spell of their history, which what was, that was like? a bit of a blow. It wasn't good. No. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Especially when the old man's a red. So that um, that kind of made it um, even worse because I had him on my back non-stop when you United carried on going to City. Carried on going to City with when I could with all my mates, yeah. And, um, I mean, them lads like the Bezics and them, they yeah, are, you know, they Bez, are yeah. proper hardcore oh, City, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, you know, if City got, have got 50 in Moscow, yeah. they'll be there. It, well, they were there in Moscow yeah. when, the, um, when the stadium was closed. Uh, Bezzy, you, you're talking about, tried to rent an apartment out um, overlooking, the ground. overlooking the ground, which I did a story for in the Sunday Mirror. And then when they turned up, the police were waiting for them and they closed the, and they closed the uh, apartment. But they still got into the game because they bought, um, they bought press passes from Russian <laughs> journalists. So one guy actually got on the pitch and saw the entire game uh, wearing a, ph- a photographer's bib. You got it in the town, by the way? Um, yeah, me too. I'm Where's your hotel in town? Right here. It's about 50 minutes down there. I've never been in got bubbled in the, in the yeah. press room by one of city security staff yeah, and got kicked, bit, and got kicked out of the game. It was really out of order. Because he befriended them and said, oh, you've done really well to get in here, lads. How have you done it? That's, that's even more and then, out of order. And then reported him to the, uh, to the Russian security people and he got kicked out. Before we speak to Mark Ogden, who promised to come on this podcast, but we're not going to keep him for five more minutes. Um, would, there be, would there be any United player you'd like to see at City? Harry Maguire at the minute. Right. Um, because he's so short of centre-backs and City were after him and wouldn't go the full distance. It would have been interesting to see what had happened if they did a match United's offer, um, whether he would have come to Old Trafford or City, but um, uh, got to Old Trafford or come to City. But yeah, he's the, he's the one we need at the moment because we're so short, short centre-backs. When you've got Fernandinho and Rodri playing centre defence ahead of John Stones, you know that there's a bit of a problem there. Mark, Mark Ogden, ESPN, what did you make of Manchester United tonight in Belgrade? Wonderful. That's a surprise. So, can, I, can I just add this? Simon wants to send him out. There's about six on United's books. There's, there's plenty to go at if you're struggling. I've got to see one of them tomorrow in Rome. <laughs> uh, he conceded a penalty tonight. Did he? Yeah. Oh, jeez. 94th minute hit him in the face and was given his handball. What's the score? one all. Right. What do you think about United tonight? I thought, um, I thought they did pretty well, actually. I thought the kids did really well. Um, I wasn't sure about Martial. I thought Martial was a little bit... The, um, the centre half, the number three for Partizan Pavlovic, apparently he's the next big thing, 18 years old. So we've been told before the game that he's the, maybe the best defender since Vidic in Serbia. And I thought he played really well. He had Marshall in his pocket. Um, he's, he's like a man mountain, him, yeah, isn't he? 18 massive, years old. 18. Good on the ball, elegant. Um, You'll knock that out of him. Well, this is it. Um, but no, I, th- I thought considering the, the atmosphere, which is great, and the, the youthfulness of the team, was it eight players under 23 on yeah. duty tonight? So. Yeah, it was, I mean, they had to get that away win as well. We were, we were in Paris, and uh, if you said in Paris, they won't win again for 232 days. You know, did he, did he even win on the summer tour? Did he even win in Singapore? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but anyway, yeah. But yeah, the tour was all right. It's when the season started that the problems really. Yeah, there's, there's still quite a few negatives, yeah. but you got to look at the positives tonight. You know, the, the negatives of not scoring from multiple play again, not scoring more than one goal again, but the away win. It's, it's massive because it just ends that horrible run and they've got Norwich at the weekend with that's a big game that yeah, yeah.
It's, um, How did um, City go on at Norwich this season? Uh, I've forgotten about that one. Uh, yeah, three three two defeats. So United have United have got it all to do. They've hit a wall since then, by the way. I don't think they've won a game, have they? I think it's just the first home game. He's losing five one at home to Villa. So it's what sort of Norwich you're going to get? Um, and they were great at Anfield on the opening weekend. So that, and I think that's the thing now. Andy City's everybody's cup final. That's that's where the change is. Missed out a few years. That's twenty years. Are there any parts of this final. which are negative? What we city? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 I remember did, 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 reading Blueprint King of the Kipax and they were they were taking the piss out of United, you're the pride of Singapore and all that. And I remember one brilliant letter to, to one of the city fans in saying, I went on holiday to Spain this year and I didn't meet one single waiter who asked me if I if I'd heard of um, Dennis Law or Bobby Charlton. <laughs> it becomes such a cliche. There, there are negatives, and I think the only ships won, yeah. for example. You know, I, I don't think ye, city fan, any city fan should avoid the fact that. Um, Abu Dhabi has got human rights problems, um, but it's pretty difficult to just kind of turn your back on the football club because the ownership has, has changed. As United fans have, have found out, we, you know, for completely different reasons with the Glazers. Um, and yeah, um, Champions League nights. My kids won't go to the Champions League. They, they both got season tickets. They've had season tickets for one, one's 25 and the other one's 19. They had season tickets for the best part of ten years, and they hate the Champions League because it is because where they sit is is just full of tourists who were who were there just because it's Champions League can, night, can, and it can completely that, turns them off. They have been pretty unlucky with the draws they've had. They've had some really shit, boring draws. I mean, draws that help them progress, but Shakhtar Donetsk, Atalanta, Hoffenheim, really boring games that aren't going to get people excited. So. I can see why City have struggled to sell out at times. I think I think they sell out the other night against Atalanta. They, they, they make it affordable for kids, and that yeah. you know, for what people criticise City, I wish United do that sometimes. Is it like fifteen quid for an adult? Yeah. Quid for they, a kid? They have done against Rochdale. They gave free tickets yeah, which away. Is good, yeah. Did you see that influencer thing which City did? Yeah. Just just everyone just cringing. It's like just. That. I mean, you can't defend that, can you? No. You can't defend it. So why waste your time trying to defend that? It was just absolutely just so painful, and it just makes you think that some of the people who were in charge of PR at the club, and I'm saying some of the people, maybe who are kind of have only just arrived, don't really understand what the issues are with the Champions League, um, and you know, City have got issues with with UEFA. City fans have. I don't think that's. I think that's got something to do with the the, um, the failure to sell sell games out, but I don't think it's it's the full story. Like I say, two years ago, I was talking to my, my two kids, and I said, we, hey, do you want me to get your tickets for the Champions League game? And they said, no, but can you make sure you get them for the Wolves League Cup tie? I was like, what? No, I couldn't understand it, and they, they just didn't want to go. They just don't get, for whatever reason, they just don't, they're just not excited by by the Champions League. Where were United finished this season in the league, Mark, finally? Uh, I still think, uh, and this is where the negativity comes in, I think the top ten finishes will be a positive. So let's not hide from the fact that they've been rubbish in the league virtually all season. Yeah. The players that are expected to come back and make them better are players that have let them down repeatedly in the past. You know, Martial, Pogba, you know, Luke Shorty to miss. You know, it's not like they've got Keane, Vidic and Ferdinand coming back, is it? These are not great players, so... The squad is too thin. I'm not sure they're going to spend much money in January, if anything. They're doing the whole kind of let's wait until the right players are available. So that, that's the ready-made excuse for January. Um, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Ed Woodward now. He's the one who's getting it. Yeah, but he's getting it from the fans, but he's not getting it from the Glazers. And I think they're the only people that matter, aren't they? You know, as far as they're concerned, what I'll be keep being told is that he's, if, you know, if they made 
799 people redundant had one left, it'd be him. Because that's, you know, he's been successful there for them, commercially. So, um, I just think he could, he could alleviate the pressure on himself by, you know, bringing in a technical director or a football director of football, whatever you want to call it, just so it would take away the focus from Ed. Then someone, someone else would be there to be blamed or accountable for some of the mistakes or, you know, the slowness of dealings at times. Just, I think he, he's a lightning rod for too much. And a lot of it is not his fault, really. But, um, get, but getting back to your question, I think if they finish top ten, I think that would be a good season. I can't believe we're saying this. Top no. ten for Manchester United. No, no. If you're going to finish in the top six, top seven, even the sides of Moyes and Van Aal, they had really good runs. We've not had one this season with Manchester no, no. United. Well, I mean... You've got to put a run together. Absolutely, yeah. the And the next few games... Norwich away, Bournemouth away, Sheffield United away. I mean, they're tough games. It's, I mean, Arsenal lost at Sheffield. I was Sheffield early lost at Norwich. Norwich. Liverpool were lucky to win at Sheffield United. Yeah, yeah, so... And there are no easy games. And, you know, even, even when United were good under Fergie, they, they still slip up at stupid games like Norwich. They, they lost at Norwich quite a few times. Yeah. You know, I remember losing at Oldham one year. And, you know, there are Sheffield United as well. They they've always found it difficult. So lost at Sheffield United on the first day of the Premier League season. Brian yeah. Dean yeah. scored. If they lose there this time, they're not going to be winning the league, though, are they? No, definitely not going to be winning the league this year. Um, thank you, all of you lads. Tell us I'm what stories you're working I'm on. Go and look for that Serbian. He's we've massive. got, we've got him finished was, business. I mean, he was massive. I've got Augie with me. He was he horrible was huge. and aggressive. Oh, he, I, 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 was, I, was, I, was, I was well on the road. I was well on the road for a second prize. Yeah, without yeah. Any shadow I think you're going to find out that he comes from Serbia and he's going to fucking murder you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, lads. Thanks, sorry. Yeah. It's about an hour and a half after the final whistle and I'm walking from Partizan's ground back to my hotel in the city centre. I'm by myself. It's a warm night and I'm told it's safe. Um, it's dark, just walked through a big park. Uh, doesn't feel intimidated, but watch me go and get mugged now. Uh, the worst intimidation I saw was actually in the press box. Oh, this big gorilla of a man. He's been very aggressive and uh, I think he was seeking some form of retribution for the perceived failures of NATO in the 1993 Bosnian War. I went to Sarajevo yesterday and I enjoyed it. I'm interested in modern history and United played there in 68. Couldn't really do a story on that. I was going to meet Prosinecki. He's the manager of Bosnia, but he's having a bad time. So maybe it's not right to do an interview when things are shit. Although I did one myself with Ed Woodward. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I think I'm walking into the red light district. Maybe not. Maybe it's just one car with two girls. Lots of exposed flesh to my right. And I've got about four hours sleep, and then I'm going to fly. I was going to fly to Rome to see Chris Smalling, but Alitalia have called a national day of strike. So I've had to reroute my flights really early, go to Vienna and on to Rome, hopefully be able to get out of Rome Airport, so I've been on the road now for six days, I'm starting to be a bit tired, but I've seen two encouraging Manchester United performances, not ideal, far from it, but given how poor United have been for the first half, especially against Liverpool, but we're decent, and 
whatever the foibles of tonight's performance in Belgrade to get a 1-0 away win at a ground, a team who were unbeaten in the last 11 at home. It was still a result. It wasn't, wasn't exciting. It wasn't entertaining. But then loads of Fergie's games in Europe weren't either. And well positioned now to come out of this group. I still think it's a competition well worth winning. Just had a nice chat with Sergio Romero and he's associating more with this competition. I don't think United are as strong as they were in 16-17 and Jose Mourinho played it tactically superbly to identify the Europa League win rather than a top four finish as the route into the next season's Champions League and just his, his tactical masterclass, which he did on Ajax in the final, was just really intelligent, and UEFA rightly praised him for it. But that was then, under Mr Mourinho, and now we're under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And still in these uh, untried waters of Manchester United being a, a mid, mid-table team, not where we're not used to this, and yet the, the support's not wavering. 1,600 fans tonight in Belgrade and very little hostility to my knowledge and had a good time. It's a, it's a decent city. It's sort of stuck in 1984 when you sense it was probably at its economic peak. I'm just going to check where I am on the map. It's going in the right direction. Let's get back to my hotel. Yep, doing alright. I've got to go right here now got half an hour walk back. I've not seen any taxis. Ah, okay, back to the big square now. And there's, there's a lot of tension around United. I think the lads covered it quite well. Because when the team's not doing well, everything's highlighted. The example I gave is Jesse Lingard doing his beans, beans, beans in a Miami hotel room. You can do that when you've won the league. You can't do it when you've been absolutely shit. As United have were towards the end of last season and then continue to be at the start of this season. It's a tough game at Norwich on the weekend. I know that the coaches have identified that one as a, a must-not-lose because... We lose that this shit will really hit the fan but I, I sense a patience with Ole Gunnar but there's got to be minimum requirements he's got to be playing some entertaining football the team's got to be scoring goals it's another game where they failed to score more than one goal and Ole Gunnar wears a pretty sunny disposition but the fans aren't stupid I think they'll be patient and I think they'd love him to succeed will he? I don't know I don't think anybody does. Now getting closer to the centre. Signs of life. Abare. I would absolutely love to go in there and have five cold beers. I can't believe how warm it is for the end of October. And cheers to everyone who bought the, the mag. It's our best sale since the Mourinho interview about three years ago. And I feel that I asked Ed Woodward the questions which he should have been asked. That's my job as a, as a journalist to do that. Being surrounded by cats here in the street in Belgrade. 
and just because those answers aren't to the agreement of everyone, well, that shouldn't stop you as a journalist speaking to people. I started last month going inside Lazio's ultras. They're pretty heavy people. That doesn't mean I agree with them or what they're doing. And I spoke to Ed Woodward for 90 minutes. And I find that when you interview someone who everyone loves, it's, yeah, this is great, this is great. But I'm sorry, journalism isn't just about telling people things that they want to hear. And I'd asked him for that interview two years ago and carried on pushing for it, just as it have done for United We Stand for nearly 30 years now, trying to hold um, people to account who are key decision makers in the club and getting their version of events and appreciate that he did it in pretty shit times for everybody. And I think our readers do as well. People who buy the mic, then you get a load of people moaning who will never buy the mic. Not uh, going to listen to the podcast or buy the sort of stuff that, that we do, but I get that the mood's angry at the moment and I can totally get why. Because people are failing. Ed Woodward's failed. He's been failing, not, not financially, but he's been overseeing a failing football club, so he's got to be culpable in some part. Not in a really nice area of Belgrade. Lots of dogs, lots of cats, lots of bars, quite a lot of people. And this was bombed when United won the treble. This city was getting bombed that very night. Bombers took off from an airfield in Oxfordshire and put pinpoint precision bombs onto this city. And the scars are still here. That. It's after the game with a couple of the three of the lads who travel all the time from from Ireland. They've been on the podcast before. I can remember speaking to them in, uh, I just usually see them in airports or Brighton at eight o'clock in the morning because they've taken a flight at some godforsaken hour. Or Gatwick, probably seen you in Gatwick more than I've seen my wife in, in, in Gatwick. John, cheers for joining us on the podcast. What did you make of United in, in Belgrade? Yeah, from football point of view, it was, obviously it was good to win and, and it was good to get the old uh, away victory, monkey off our backs. Um, obviously, typical European away performance wasn't wasn't a classic by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I think it was important to win first and foremost and kept another clean sheet. Look, you know, the football isn't tremendous, but um, I think there were definitely positives last night, uh, of which probably the main one was Brandon Williams' performance. I think everybody acknowledged that and he's been good any time he's played and, and and like we said Garner had a good debut I thought and um, especially uh, you know and, and look overall there's some players come in and did well others maybe are still trying to find their form we think but um, who? Martial Martial looked a little bit a, a little bit he has been out hasn't he? yeah sluggish up front and, and you know I think although Rashford probably hasn't been on his best lately I thought when he did come on at first he, he, he looked like somebody, you know, he's come into the game at the wrong time. But at times the game wore on, he, 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 he looked more dangerous, as United did. Probably looked more likely to get a second goal, maybe. But um, now look, overall, it was, a, it was a good result and it was a great, great trip, good city. We'll talk about that in a second. You were in the United end. I wasn't last night. What was it like in the United end? It was good. It was full. And it was, it was noisy and, and good-humoured in the sense that, you know, I think, you know, people... You know, I think the people who, who, who go to the go to the games, the match game fans. I think, I think, I think they're still 
I get the sense still very much on Ali's side, and I think they want the team. They're they're willing the team to do well, to do better, maybe than have been doing. Um, just let's hope it. You know, last night maybe just perhaps a couple of difficult away games coming up, and um, it'd be as you said earlier there, it'd be nice to pick up a one 0 win in either or both of those games. I think it's needed. I think we need a couple of results now. So you fly back to Dublin now via Vienna. Yeah. And then how long will it take to get home? So um, we've a six-hour stopover in Vienna, so it'll give us a chance to go into the city. Then we're flying home at quarter past four. We'll be back in Dublin then. Um, at, well, obviously we're an hour ahead in Vienna, so we're back in Dublin roughly at about eight o'clock. So I'll probably be back home in my hometown. Uh, you know, maybe nine, half nine tonight. And then when, what's the next game you're going to? Norwich on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, half, this is just half, mental. Half six, half six from Stansted and then half ten home from Stansted. So myself and Adam are, you know, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's probably not the ideal fixture to have after Belgrade. But the good thing is, though, um, it's a bank holiday in Ireland on Monday, the October bank holiday. So at least chance to get the breath back. Before Wednesday, of course. But, um, How many games will you go to this season, approximately? <laughs> um, well, look, fifty odd, hopefully. But you know, from Ireland, I mean, that's yeah, amazing, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a bit. There's, there's a bit of commitment in it, but um, it's it's, 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 it's a huge amount of commitment yeah, to yeah, travel to fifty games from Ireland. Yeah. I know, know United have got a brilliant support there. United stand is really well supported. Yeah, very and popular. Dublin is the third most popular city of listening to this podcast. Yeah. Try and guess the first two. Manchester. Yeah. London. Cork. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Lon- London and Manchester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Dublin. Yeah. And then we've got like... Um, Perth is really big in Australia, for example. Oslo's, Oslo's Oslo, course, big yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What time did you wake up this morning? Um, so we woke at quarter five. 4.45. Yeah, 4.45. What did you make of Belgrade? I heard you complaining that the girls weren't as attractive. <laughs> I'm saying nothing about that. As a, as a happily married man for, uh, you know... 31 years, I'm saying absolutely nothing about that. Um, look, it's a great city, and I'd love, I just said to the lads, you know, my son Peter, I'd love to have spent a little bit more time there. So possibly the day before, like we we obviously only got arrived at half ten the night before the game. I, I would like to have, have had another day, but look, at, that seems to be the way. But I was, I, as the longer I was there, the more interesting it seemed. And, and I think, you know, because the weather was beautiful, which always helps. It's decent, it's very concreted city with sort of an, an ancient core but a lot of socialist buildings uh, I met James Montague yesterday he's a, he's a lad from near London and he, he specialises he lives here and he specialises writing about football in this part of the world but he, he does some pretty heavy stuff as well he's just written a book on ultras and he's been to North Korea writing about football he's been to the West Bank writing about football and really enjoyed a couple of hours with him maybe we should get him on a future podcast he's an old West Ham lad and he's, he's now living uh, here but he goes to the flashpoints and there are still many Kosovo is still a huge issue here um, yeah politically it seems to be a political hotbed Serbia oh, doesn't totally, it it's, totally. you know you can, you can get a sense of that everywhere you go and, yeah. and the people are they seem to be kind of a moody type of a you know but you can you know why like because yeah. obviously of the of the delicacies around the, the, the political situation historically and probably currently as well but um, 
Yeah, we, the, the football culture that was great. You know, it was a great atmosphere at the game last night, and that was one of the things that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we were looking forward to regarding coming here was we knew it would be a fantastic atmosphere, and you know, and we just said that we're an army. You like to visit different cities. If we would love to get get go back to see us playing Red Star, you know, we were up at the stadium, and it does look like a smashing, you know, smashing stadium, proper football stadium. Red Star are probably twice as popular as, as Partizan. The ground's twice as big. Yeah. Partizan get 10,000, Red Star get 20,000 for, for most of the, of the league games. And Red Star are the most decorated Yugoslav Serbian team. Yeah. The kit's wonderful. Remember that 91 kit from the final when they won the European Cup? No sponsor, just a Red Star. Yeah. And maybe it's because I was at a formative age when I watched it, but what a team they were. The final was yeah. dreadful, actually. They often yeah. are, but I think they beat Bayern Munich away in the semi-final. Yeah. And uh, I could probably name eight of that team yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> but they, 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 but this, when you're up around the stadium, just that rawness of the, of the, of the support and the whole, you know... It's, a rough, it, well, it's not rough because it's in one of the poshest areas yeah. of the capital and, yeah. and the house of Arkan. Yeah. Can't even say this too loud here. That's right behind the ground, and he was the warlord, and all yeah, the yeah. all the young Red Star apprentices used to know him, including the lads who went on yeah. to play for Manchester United. And um, there's lots of graffiti around the ground. Yeah. The, the, the tank, the, the tank the symbol tank, as well, yeah, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. There's lots of well, a lot of the the Red Star hooligans were became very active yeah. um, during the war oh, yeah. under under the, the leadership of yeah, Arkan. Yeah. He used to be a, an ultra leader. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's heavy stuff. Yeah. It's oh, very, very heavy stuff. You, you see all the graffiti everywhere. And everywhere fans, yeah. Are, yeah. fans are very, very influential within the club. Mm. And people have said to me, you, you basically you need them on side, even if you're going to go into politics there. Yeah. I'm not sure whether that's a, a good thing or not. But thank you for your time. Yeah. Um, how are you no feeling about Norwich? Well, like I said earlier, I think it's we kind really of need game. a result. It is an important game. The next two starting with that, next two league games starting with that one. But um, yeah, and, and like they've been so hot and cold themselves yeah. this season. Yeah. Obviously, as a newly promoted team, so you just wonder what which Norwich team will show up just as much as which United team will show up. But well, um, United, you know, the team that will show up, well, they'll score one. That's yeah. what I'm yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. play some yeah. young players. Just hope they score none, and yeah. then we might be we might be okay. But now looking forward to it, like because it, it is. It's, Seems to be an atmospheric game, you know, in terms of domestic games. But it's probably not hostile. But you know, I'm sure it'll be a big game for them. It always is against Manchester United. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Anyway, that's it until this podcast. Uh, we've got a Norwich uh, on Sunday. Um, Dublin's going to go over there, I think. I was supposed to be covering the Clasico in Barcelona, but that's been. Was boned because of the political situation in Catalonia. So politics and sport fusing once again. As ever, keep walking past great bars and dine and go into some of them. But I'll leave this podcast for now. And thanks for listening. Ah, signs of life. A streetcar. So get on one of them. Bye bye.